Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, you love the lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network, uh, the lovely podcast network uh, that has lots and lots and lots for you to get involved in, uh, including Scroobius Pip stealing my idea to do a Q&A um, last week or the week before and do it better than me because he's significantly more famous and more popular. Um, so I can't wait for him to steal this concept as well. Uh, that's technically my boss that I'm bad-mouthing, but whatever. I'm the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the podcast world. Um, so this week's episode um, is stupid and silly 
and is a concept I've been sitting on for a while, but I needed the right person to get involved in it as he shows me a picture that 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 words can't describe and giggles to himself. Uh, he's also wearing trainers in, in, in a house, which is upsetting me slightly. Um, it is none other than Jim Smallman. Hi. Hello. How's it going? I'm all right. How's, how's retirement going? Fucking brilliant, mate. I'm not going to lie. Um, I did a Q&A on Instagram the other day, and mm. I got asked 17 times, what's life like after progress? It's the same as it was before, just... just just slightly less progress. Yeah, yeah, from a show point of view, yeah. But, I mean, I still talk to the three of you all the time because yeah. you're my mates. Yeah. So, and, you know, and, and in a bit, me and you are going to go and play FIFA with three of our other mates. We are. We Yeah, look at us being sort of... So, I was going to say show, sociable and then I realised that we are literally going to go to someone's house to sit in the dark to play FIFA. But at least there's more than one person. Yeah. That, to me, counts as sociable. Yeah. I'm not a sociable human, but it's why I like you're you. Because I don't think we like humans very much. <laughs> No, we found a bond oh, in our God. dislike for for a lot of things. We're essentially old nor. I mean, I'm not a northerner, no. but we're essentially old northern men. Yeah, sitting in the corner of a pub. Yeah, complaining about everyone new that comes into the pub. Yeah, like it's it's weird. I don't know. Like the rec- no, I think I just summed up wrestling fandom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Re- recently, like, <coughs> but I could because of the the new job. I think I enjoy interacting with people more now because I do it less. So, like, I was at Chaos um, on on the weekend and for like last time and stuff. And there's there's a there's a couple of lads that I, I've spoken to in Cardiff that were at a progress show and, and mm. junior gig, and they were travelling up from Cornwall. And I actually remember speaking to them. Hi, Ads and Ryan. Um, and it was really nice to have a chat with them and talk to them. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And I think I'm enjoying those moments of being so social now because. I've kind of got a grip on it. Mm. I don't have to constantly be talking to people and stuff. So I'm getting better. Getting it, better. It, the, the social side of it is the the bit with progress. Because I I spend all my time, especially at shows, like talking to fans. And yeah. I genuinely like doing that. Yeah, it's good. And it? it was a big part of it was a big part of the company's identity for me to talk to the fans and stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember saying to you, it's something you're going to have to to do now because. Like, and it's, it's, if you just said to me, like, 10 years ago, pre-progress, oh, you're going to have to talk to complete strangers um, uh, in what is essentially a nightclub setting. Yeah. Um, uh, for, you know, for probably, like, an hour or two uh, after a show, before a show, whatever, I'd be like, oh, no, I don't ever want to work in wrestling. Whereas the reality was, it was actually really nice. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm not a naturally a sociable person. I, no. Uh, I think it's, it's very interesting, especially with my my colleagues now in my in my job with WWE is like if so when we're we're away doing a TV taping or whatever I like I finish the TV taping and I might go to the obviously I don't drink but I might go to the bar and have uh, apple juice which is my drink of you choice you crazy mofo and then I'll go good night everybody and then go to bed because yeah. um, I'm 41 years old and uh, I've never been good at being sociable I wasn't good at no. being sociable when I was 18 and I drank yeah so you know now god no but you know sitting in a room with you talking nonsense I can do that and that is what this episode is Uh, as I said I I, I slid into your DMs 
Um, and I was like, I've Happily got... Happily No, I've got... Hey, there you go. Just wanted to get that out Thanks. so we don't have to waste half an hour on a show now you doing that. Just like to point out, the last two Progress shows, finished half an hour early. You're welcome. Did they? Uh, yeah, but one of them only had six matches on it, right? Yeah, but that's the point. Yeah, six, six matches, all killer, so, no filler. No, you seem to be blaming... You seem to be blaming me for yes. the fact... I didn't, yeah. I didn't always say we needed seven matches, <laughs> but... It wasn't like I was overrunning with everything that I said. I mean, also I have more content, but like, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't like I was overrunning with everything that I said. We had one more match, yeah, which yeah, would sure. take up a half an oh, hour segment. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Likely story. Uh, let, us, let us know on Twitter. Um, you know, <laughs> no, do you prefer... want to start this? Here? No, 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 I don't, because I will lose. Um, because you are a cult leader. Um, right. So this week's episode uh, is on on the concept list, and this is the concept. So this week we are going to be picking a faction slash stable slash (coughs) wrestling group made up of five people and they have to be prominent, obscure, whatever you want to call it, 90s footballers. Um, Yours are all going to be obscure. No, mine are actually pretty mainstream. Um, So I also gave you the, the, the caveat of you needed to pick the following. A star... Yeah. In the group, a tag team within the group, yeah. uh, the enforcer of the group, yeah. the loose cannon, a la Brian Pillman in the mm-hmm. group. And I also allowed you to, to have a manager, uh, preferably who is an actual football manager. Um, and also, you, you, I'm assuming you've got a name for your group because... I, I, do you know what? I've just thought I haven't got a name for it, but I bet one will come to me while I'm talking through this. I've got a solid one, so that's fine. So that's covered. All right, so how do we want to do this? Do you want to do... I think we should probably go... You give your star, I give my star, and so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Right, go. Your star first. My star is Lothar Mateus. <laughs> okay. Right. Not 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 someone I would pick. Lothar Mateus. Okay. Right? Um, here's my reasons, right? So, by the 90s, yeah. like a Ric Flair, yeah, or yeah. a Hulk Hogan, <laughs> or a Shawn Michaels, yeah. he's already at the point where he's a wily veteran. I was because he's already been he's already been playing for Germany for ten years by that point. Yeah, right. He played for Germany for eighteen years. Um, he also he did that thing that you know when everyone talks about when Ric Flair had the plane crash. Yes. So Ric Flair went from being strongman like superstar Billy Graham type wrestler to being the wrestler that he became, and he had to amend his style as he grew older because you should get older, you know, ravages mm-hmm. of time. You have to change your style and stuff like that. Now, Lothar Mateus did exactly the same thing. Rampaging midfielder in Italia 90. By the time he's playing for Bayern at the end of the 90s, yeah. he's, he's doing what all lazy German footballers do and go, I'm a sweeper now. Yeah. I play okay. where I want, I don't have to run anywhere. I just, get the, I just insist that I have the ball and then I pass the ball around and I occasionally tackle. Okay. Right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. he managed to reinvent himself as well. So that's in, I think that's an important thing. Okay. Um, also, if we're using the Ric Flair analogy, mm. you know, Ric Flair could have a good match with a broom. Sweeper, broom. Done. Nice. Boss. Links. Good. Um, and then also like many stars of the 1990s in terms of wrestling, mm-hmm. he also uh, had questionable choices once he hung up his boots. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, okay. had, he's had seven managerial jobs. The longest one, I think, was with Hungary. None of them. Bear in mind, he's a legend in yeah, Germany. Yeah. He, no one in Germany has ever gone, hey, Lothar. Yeah. Hey, Lothar, do you fancy managing our club? They've literally just brought Klinsmann back to manage her for and that lasted what 72 days or 42 yeah. days where it was so um, uh, so yeah and, and I have great memories of watching Lothar Mateus uh, during Italian 90 I was 12 during Italian 90 and I remember watching most of it in the working men's club where um, 
where my gran used to take us because it was during the summer and I used to spend a lot of time there. And I remember thinking Lothar Matthijs was an unbelievable player because I don't think I'd ever seen anyone in England play like him. Yeah. All the players in this country that were um, that stuck out to me and that I liked were players like uh, Chris Waddle, who was my favourite mm-hmm. player when I was growing up. Um, and my dad would always talk about Frank Worthington and, and people like this who were you know, incredibly skillful, tricky wingers. You're either a tricky winger or you were just an out-and-out finisher like Gary Lineker. Yeah. That felt like the only players... Uh, if you lived in the UK, that you were you paid any attention to, yeah. Uh, and I sport Wales like you do, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest. In 1990, we had no good players. No, um, I mean to be fair, arguably we had Mark Hughes. Yeah, we we throughout the 90s and pretty much throughout until we actually got to a major tournament, we'd always have one outstanding footballer and then ten other yeah. average to below average Tanani players. Kings. Yeah, Tanani Kings, Andy Legg. This is the one that I oh, remember. Yeah. He was a Welsh international. I remember Andy Lake. Oh, played Birmingham, didn't Mark, Mark he? Had a Cro- long throw. He did. Mark Crossley was our first choice goalkeeper. Yeah, I thought he Forest. Is that ball? Yeah, but he was shy. He wasn't even Welsh. Or he might, I don't know, he might have been a Wrexham one. Or a Chester. He might have been one of them. I think he was. I yeah. think he was a bit like that. You know that revolution of Irish footballers in the 1990s? The, the, the people who'd basically flown to America via Dublin. What? Well, on no, holiday well-known scouse Irishman, John Aldridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. But the player like Mateus, yeah. who would just like win the ball in midfield. I- imagine if you've never seen Lothar Mateus in his prime. Imagine a cross between um, Ungolo Kante and Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> That's what he was. Wow. He basically, he, you know, when you're at school and you play with a kid who's better than everyone else, yeah, he doesn't yeah, give anyone yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah. He basically win the ball in defence. Uh, Play a couple of one-twos through midfield and then score from 28 yards. Yeah. Like, uh, an, an absolute start. And Germany's best players during that period by a long, 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 long way. When Germany were the best team in the world. Yeah. Hence, my start. Interesting. Uh, first, uh, I should point out this point, at this point, we've just alienated 80% of my audience and I'm willing to accept that this week um, for, for selfish reasons just because this is going to be funny. Also, the other 20% that we haven't alienated, this is finally the opportunity where we get to talk about football as well because uh, every time I do a Q&A, it's either football manager or obscure football questions. Mm-hmm. So, interesting choice because I see, I, um, you'll, you'll see with my choice of star, I went with charisma and, and, and star appeal. I mean, you do make bizarre choices. I mean, bearing in mind, we're going to have a five-person FIFA league this afternoon where yeah. we did a draft, which was <laughs> we my did. idea. Yeah. Right? We drafted it. We weren't allowed to use Messi or Ronaldo yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's cheating. And yeah. then we went through, and all of us in turn, picked yeah. a squad of 18 players. Yeah. And um, I think I've probably still got it here. Like, your first picks, you picked some... F- like. Like my first, I was the fourth person to pick, and I managed to be able to pick Neymar, who's one of yeah, the best players. Yeah, but I, I picked Erling Haaland and <laughs> N'Golo Kante. But you booked you you even though we warned you that Erling Haaland is not that good in the game. I don't care because the game was made at the beginning of the season where he still care. played for Salzburg. I don't care. Um, but yeah, you picked like uh, I, I picked Carlos. My final pick was Carlos Vela, which is almost to annoy me because I'm using yeah, the AFC and that's exactly AFC's de- that's designated exactly. player. Yeah, I'm a um, hipster. What can I say? Anyway, carry on with you. Right, okay, so this is my star. It's going to be such a... Um, I have written a blurb, um, a bio, or something of the same ilk that you might have read in Sports Illustrated or Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, back in the day. So weirdly, I don't know why, but all of my characters and and gimmicks have fallen into like an NWA 80s scenario. Even though it's a 90s thing. thing, um, Because just cross the streams. So my my group is called The Formation. 
Nice. Okay. So is that weird? Like, is that? Football? I'm gonna call mine Libero Grande. Oh, which is a great reference to one of the greatest games ever made. So, which, which was the game where you play one player. Yeah. Um, they used to have that. And if you're a Leicester City supporter, listen to this, you'll remember this. They used to have that in the Carling Stand mm-hmm. at Filbert Street. Ooh. So you could go in and you could play it. Um, uh, and they'd have like a PlayStation 1 set up on the, on the wall and you could play Libero Grande. And the best thing is, is no one could get past the concept of the fact you only control one player. Yeah. And it freaked people out. Yeah, it was mad. It was, it was pro clubs before pro clubs. So yeah, the formation, Football Link, also it is a predominantly European group. Mm-hmm. So it has European undertones. Um, but my star... Is Le Playboy David Gillola. Nice. Okay. Nice and this is this is what I've written for him. The embodiment of European flair and class, yeah. Ginola was always likely to anger and woo the fans of the NWA <coughs> in equal measure. <laughs> I had a I'm worried about you. Is everything alright? <laughs> I had a I had an hour and a half on the train and I went in hard on this, okay. <laughs> He may well divide opinions amongst the audience, but there is no disputing the, his abilities when the bell rings. A former European heavyweight champion, Le Playboy now carries the ten pounds of gold, or as he refers to it, <laughs> Disrator from town to town, strengthening his claim as the best in the world. Yes, I just used the French for ten pounds of gold. Um, fans have started to question Gillon's love of the sport recently, though as his sponsorship deals and brand ambassador work are starting to bleed in to his on-screen time, even leading to a change of name of his finisher, formerly known as Lafine. <laughs> the high-impact piledriver is now referred to by Gordon Soley as head and shoulders on a weekly basis. Oh, God. Good lord! This is your crowning achievement, isn't it, <laughs> mate? I have, I have. Let's just say I was laughing to myself yeah. on a train from Manchester to Chester. Um, but yeah, Ginola, you know, choice. handsome, charismatic, full of flair. He's he's a marketable man. He's he's he, arguably he cost France in the nineties. It was ninety four World Cup when he made that mistake against. Bulgaria, where all he had to do was keep the ball in the corner, and then he got dispossessed, and they countered, and Stoichkov scored. That'll be ninety-four because that ninety-four was Bulgaria's World Cup, wasn't it? And and, and it's the reason ninety-eight. Yeah, and it's the reason why Gerard Houllier and Ginola never got on because Houllier blamed Ginola for also just jealous of his hair. Yeah, because again, that's the head and shoulders reference. Did he? Ginola first club in the UK was Newcastle, right? Yeah, yeah, and then he went to. Spurs afterwards. And the same team as Philippe Albert. Philippe Albert, yep. Um, he looked like Bob Carroll G's. He did. Uh, and for a wrestling reference, Bob Carroll G's looked like Rollable Rocco. Yeah. You yes. never see those three men in the same room at the same time. You don't. You really don't. I mean, one of them lives in Tenerife. Yeah, that's true. Um, Pavel Chernicek was also part of that. Um, yeah. was he, he was a pyjama goalkeeper, wasn't he? He was a pyjama goalkeeper. Him, him Dimitri Karin... And Gabor Kirali. Gabor Kirali was the one who just went, I'm not even wearing fucking training bottoms for this. Yeah. I'm just going to wear grey joggers that I bought from Primark. I do not give a shit. Okay, well, there's our stars of the group. Well, what's the next one? Uh, we're going to go with tag teams next. Okay, my tag team. Okay. Uh, my tag team is... Uh, my tag team uh, is... Uh, I would announce them as being from Santiago, Chile. <laughs> I know where this is going. It's and just it's, popped me. And it's even Zamorano and Marcello Salas. Right? 
And there's a reason for this. When I used to play football manager back in the 90s, I'd sign both of them yeah. all the time. Uh, they'd be my front two. Uh, they took... Uh, sometimes it'd be a front two, sometimes it'd be Zamorano or someone else, yeah. and then uh, uh, Salas playing as attacking midfielder. Now, I remember when Salas was at his peak in yeah. about 1998, about right before he went to Lazio. Yeah. There was talk of him going to Manchester United for a world record transfer fee and him being the best player in the world. Yeah. Now, he wasn't the best player in the world. He was very good. Um, Chile went uh, qualified for the 98 World Cup. No one thought they got out of the group stages. They got out of the group stages. Um, plus, two handsome Chilean lads. Oh. And like all the best tag teams, one of them a fair bit older than the other. Yeah. Zamorano, I think, is maybe eight, nine years old. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he's there, a bit of experience. Yeah. Can put his arm around him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Look after him. And then you've got Salas, who's the wild one, who's a bit. A bit exciting. You could say the Bobby Bobby Eaton to the Stan Lane. Yes. In that scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, if you nearly every wrestler from that era, by the way, has a story about Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. Yeah. Um, and I think all of them are that Bobby Eaton's the nicest man in the world, and Stan Lane was a playboy. I think it's Mick Foley's book where he just yeah he talks about walking past them, and Bobby Eaton's giving like his last twenty dollars to a homeless man. And Stan Lane is carrying like four giant bottles of baby oil into the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know. So you've gone with the the, the dynamic strike pair. Yeah. Was it Zamorano that had the one plus eight shirt at Inter? The Santiago Strikers is what I'm going to call them. Oh, that's oh, oh. Do you Do know what like Yeah, you might be too old for this, but there was a '90s cartoon called I The Horror. Be too old. For yeah, this. but like you might have been before, like you know. <laughs> You were probably in like uni or whatever. Senile. Yeah, I can't remember. Do you remember the nineties cartoon, The Hurricanes? Yes, The Hurricanes. Their champion spirit is here to stay. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I can see that. Which is based on uh, Captain Tsubasa, which is uh, anime. Yes, Uh, that 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 Santiago Strikers thing reminds me of that. That sounds like a team that they would play. Yeah, and one of them would be really villainous. I I remember having it on my Commodore sixty four. Having a beach volleyball game. I don't know why this has popped into my head, but it's just it's the video game sort of thing. Like um, football video games. We said this when we went to an arcade club the other yeah, day. We yeah. were playing Virtual Striker. We were. And like FIFA and Pro Evo and that now are brilliant. Mm. But football games were shit for forever. Oh, yeah. And like all the, the one in the arcade would always be like it'd be themed around the latest World Cup or whatever. And um, and you basically the, the only one way to score was to run down the ring, cross the ball in, hope you scored a header. That's it, job done. Mm. Second or third game you'd have would always be too hard to win. That'd be yeah. it, game over. <clears throat> and Virtual Striker was when it started getting kind of good. And I started thinking, <laughs> this just popped into my head. I remember having a beach volleyball game, and it you'd go around the world playing beach volleyball, which is acceptable. Mm. Um, but it really one of the places you go and play would be in Kenya. And you know, on Street Fighter Two, when it go it go Japan or wherever yeah, yeah. you're going to, right? This, it would go Kenya, and then you, you, the game would come into this place in Kenya where you were in the beach volleyball, and the commentator would go, Welcome to Nairobi, which would just, it's just wrong. It's just so incorrect. Yeah, this is where the, I'm, my ta- brain is going to go off at weird tangents, yeah. but for some reason it made me think of beach Because like, football games and wrestling games got good around about the same time. For in my memory, like WWF Attitude. It was the N64. It was the N64 for me. Yeah. Because I had J-League, which was uh, winning 11. Yes, which is now probably Pro Soccer. soccer. Um, yeah. So I had that on yeah. the N64. Although, on the Super Nintendo, International Superstar Soccer, which was the precursor to it, was yeah. also very good. Um, and then, like, No Mercy, WrestleMania, yeah. 2000 came in. And, uh, yeah. WCW, NWO, Revenge. I, see, it's, it's funny because I, I, I still love um, World Cup 98, um, the, the FIFA game. 
um, in my head that that was like when it just blew me away with all the kits and stuff um, not to be confused with FIFA 98 which was also good well, that- there, was a, there was one called um, uh, I think Premier League Stars that was based around the FIFA engine it was on the PlayStation yeah. 1 uh, and it had all the grounds and all the kits in now mm. Leicester were in the Premier League at the time so this is the only football game that they've had Filbert Street in which was a terrible stadium yeah no matter how much I love it and own stuff from it or whatever mm. it was a, it was a shithole but it was our shithole. That's correct, as we found out on Twitter the other day when I asked everyone's worst away day. Uh, and it oh, yeah, it's never, I'm glad I was at home there. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, okay. Yeah, yours. So, Santiago Strikers. Santiago Strikers. Okay. Also, there's the other bit. They probably don't speak a lot of English. No. So, uh, you put them to boys together. Yeah. Obviously, their actions together do the talking, yeah, yeah. not having to do promos. And that's why you'd have your manager, who you're <clears> going to reveal later, uh, do the talking. All right, so my tag team. I've got a tag team name already. So they are the lovable, the lovable Liver Birds, okay. and it is this team of Stig Ingbjornaby nice. and Jan Mobley. Okay, yeah. let me set the scene for you. The group's odd couple, of course, sporting curly locks and moustaches to rival Tom Selleck, this quick and charismatic duo claimed to hail from Liverpool, England, despite speaking in Scandinavian accents, leading to some grappling fans to question the legitimacy of their origins. Jan Mulby definitely had that going on because he was one of my favourite players as a kid. This is just a purely to pop you. Dave Meltzer went on record this month to say that Jan and Stig's dialect is textbook scouse yeah. as he's had it verified by a resident of the English city and regular observer contributor... B. Grobbler. <laughs> Despite the rumours surrounding the pair, fans will tell you that it is a matter of fact that they are one of the best teams in the business, with many a foe being laid to waste with their devastating overlap double team. Nice. Nice. Uh, hello, the o- Oscars. Yes, this is the level of, of character development writing that I can do. <laughs> Uh, yes. You're hired. Um, so that was my tag team. I see. I gave them. I gave them a gimmick. Yeah. There, you know, and, and and I tied it into football. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mobley you still got. It, 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 is yeah. it Mobley or Mulby? Mulby. Oh, it's Mulby, and yeah. I just got it wrong. Um, uh, Not Yam Mobley. No. Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah, Jungle Book. <laughs> um, his his accent rivals that of Peter Schmeichel's weird. Danish Mancunian. Well, his son's his son's accent's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's a it's his a son's hot... just English. Yeah, well, and and Solskjaer's got it a little bit. Uh, it creeps in every now and again where he'll be again quite Scandinavian, but then incredibly Mancunian. Do you remember when uh, was it Steve McLaren went and managed in the Netherlands? Yeah. Well, I <laughs> or, or Joey Barton. In I was France. just about to say this. I was <laughs> I was I was I was blogging. <laughs> about French football at the time and we used to we'd have, it was it was because it was a season when Barton and Beckham were in uh, Ligue 1 and because they were at Marseille and, and PSG and I never used to really watch the press conferences but we used to get sent the press conference links and I actually watched that press conference live and I've never laughed harder than Joey Barton being like uh, you could say <laughs> it was like it just bizarre He's the sort of person who goes into a restaurant and when he orders a bottle of wine, puts on the Frenchest French accent <coughs> to order the wine, as if to go, I'm better than you. 
I understand wine. Yeah. I mean, you're not better than me. You but drink wine. Mon, monstu rodders? Monstu. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is delightful, monstu, in a, in a Thai green curry. Oh, yeah. There I you go. That. I love For you, you vegetarian slash vegans out there. All right. Uh, next member of our group is, of course, the Arn Anderson role. It's his spot. It is that of the enforcer. All right. My enforcer. <coughs> uh, six foot tall. All right. Built like a tank. Yeah. Could do 100 metres in 10 seconds. Woof. Played for Southampton. Okay. And the Netherlands. Okay. It's not Ken Monkow. <laughs> it's Ulrich van Hobbel. Wow. Now, I reckon the best type of enforcer needs to be someone who isn't just, you know, built powerfully like I've just pointed out there, yeah. but also has the air of criminality about them. <laughs> That means that you're never quite sure, uh, you know, how far he's going to go when enforcing his rules. The air of so, criminality. This is something, I found this out. When, I think I used this the first time I ever did fighting talk, right? And this is, it's one of the best facts I've ever found out. So Ulrich van Hobbel, when he retired, he's now the uh, under-19 manager at Feyenoord or something, right? Mm. When he retired, um, he went to prison, <laughs> right? Now, this is, he didn't just go, I'm retired now, prison. Um, like, this is what he went to prison for. <clears throat> he rented a load of cars. Right? Okay. Regular lease cars. Just rented these lease cars. He then put them on a boat, sent them back to Suriname, which is where he was originally born. Yeah, yeah. And sold them. And then fucked off to Suriname. Right? So he was on the run for about four years. (laughs) And then eventually he came back and went, all right, and he went to prison for four months. Right? Um... But yeah, he just, <laughs> and he's now youth coach of Feyenoord. Youth, yeah, I presume quite a lot of his talks to young talent is, "Well, don't make the mistakes I made." Like, what do you mean? Well, probably don't go to Hertz. Like, it's just. He, I remember reading that and going because I remember Van Hobbel. Like, he came to he came to Southampton, and I think he was maybe Ken Monkow's replacement. And Ken Monkow was really well thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not very exciting. And then Ori Van Hobbel, who was like fucking yeah. like mad. Yeah, properly, but really like a proper tank. I remember looking at him and thinking he doesn't look like a footballer. Because so now footballers all look like athletes. They all look like they they all look like they could do MMA or be a professional wrestler or be a boxer or whatever. Because all of them look like uh, what I call the Stormzy body. Yeah, Stormzy's one of the hardest looking people I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and and could instantly if you if you found out Stormzy was a professional footballer, you go, yep. To see that. Yeah. If you found out Stormzy was making his debut in UFC, you'd be like, yep. yep. If Stormzy was appearing at WrestleMania, yep. yep. All of those things, you'd be like, yeah, because yeah. he, he, he's in great shape, right? Yeah. And footballers all look like that now because they have nutritionists. Yeah. And, you know, they all lift weights. Yeah. And they go to the gym and they don't just kick a football around. <laughs> Drink pints right? and eat the, chips. The 1990s, it was starting a turn, but there yeah. were still just footballers who were just fat blokes well it's that thing of like when Wenger joined Arsenal and and all the things that he brought in and and though it's always talked about in this like mystique way but it was literally stop fucking going to the pub (laughs) and getting shit faced the night before a match and probably eat some vegetables and that was considered continental so I remember seeing Van Hobbel and thinking look he's he's terrifying he's like a Mm. rhino Um, and it was dead quick um, turns out shit at football I mean yeah, that was yeah. quite crucial not yeah. very good at football but you know he was in a Southampton team that had fat Letizia, so um, but he was uh, I remember hearing his name because it was a funny name and I was like mm. and then reading up on it and I'll tell you where I read up on it when I used to be a radio presenter mm. I used to work for BBC Leicester and, and I sit in the studio and whilst you, you're your own producer and whatever there's not a lot to do you, you play a couple of records and you talk 
for a few minutes and mm. you maybe interview a guest or do a phone call or whatever but it's pretty easy and what I do during the records is I just go on Wikipedia and read shit which is why my brain is full of nonsense okay this explains a lot right? yes and I remember going through I was going through like World Cup squads and mm. just look, clicking on people and going oh what happened to them yeah, and, yeah. I, and Ulrich Van Hobble I clicked on that and went oh no he's got oh what he did what? Do you remember when like professional wrestlers used to be like, especially in like the the NWA territories, would be like on used cars, like salesman um, yeah. packages. He'd be perfect for that. Yeah, I'm trying to think what his. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think what his gimmick would be. I mean, I'm trying to think of a pun based on the fact that he leased a load of cars and didn't return them. And, and hobble. Um, he could he could work the leg quite a lot. Yeah, he would work the leg. Yeah, so hobble. Um, but yeah, I, it's one of my favourite footballing facts, and he was a beast. So. Great. The the icon of the football world who is he calls it convict convict music because he was charged with grand theft auto I believe. Nice. Um, in his home country that is has eluded me. I want to say it's Senegal, but I don't know if it is. I think it's Senegal based on the flag in one of his ears. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, yeah. Have a look. Let's make sure we get this correct. Uh, yeah, well, I don't want to be I don't want to be called out for. Um, I've honestly. literally never thought of Acon. Also, can I just point out that Ulrich Van, the picture of Ulrich Van Hobble? Look at him. That, oh, what a lovely what man. lovely smile. That is. Um, um, okay. While, while you're looking that up, um, so we, we, next we've got. Uh, Senegalese. Yeah. yeah, good. There you go. Hey, good. I'm, I know my rap. Uh, so we've got the Enforcer next, which will be mine, and then we've got uh, the Loose Cannon. Uh, and then we will finally have our manager, yeah. um, got and, manager in my head now. and we'll we'll decide who would win in a war games match between these two factions. Um, okay, my enforcer is probably going to pop you. All right, my enforcer is the sweeper Franco Baresi. Nice. Okay, this is Baresi's fucking blurb. The quiet and calm presence of the group. Some see him as the true leader of the collective. Quietly organising his team and leading by example when the bell goes. Growing up in the mean streets of Milan, I don't know why that made me laugh, um, he spent years perfecting his finishing move, the offside trap, which has caught out world-class opposition on more than one occasion. That's a reference. Uh, NWA loyalists often debate whether Franco would be world champion if Ginola didn't hold the gold. For now, Baresi is more than content with his Scudetto. His nickname for the TV title. Do you know what Scudetto means in Italian? No. Little Shield. Oh, does it? Because it is a little shield on your shirt. It is a little shield. There you go. Remember Uh, the Palmer shirt. Franco Baresi as my enforcer. The sweeper. Years before the cleaner, we had the sweeper. Um, And also still the topic of the funniest thing you've ever said on a progress show that no one laughed at. I can't remember what did I say. Um, It was the same show, because we spoke about this in public before. Spoke a lot of fucking nonsense. Uh, It was the same show that you did the the Ligero gag of uh, recently I've been... Introducing people oh, in their which native... Which is my favourite gag I ever did. Which, in, in their native tongues, and therefore I'll be continuing the, the tradition here today while introducing Allegaro. Introducing first and doing it in English. Yeah. It was on that same show, and it was, someone was cleaning the ring, and you went, oh, look at that. They've got the sweeping ability of Franco Baresi, and it fucking popped me, because about, I think me and one other person in the room laughed, and I was like... I think if I remember correctly, you did that thing, which is quite beautiful, where... Because quite a lot of the stuff I used to say in the ring was for, often for the benefit of you or Glenn. Yes. Um, or if I had a mate in, mm-hmm. that mate. 
Yeah. Right? Not that you guys aren't my mates, but if I had a different mate. Yeah, yeah, right? sure. Um, but when I said that, I was, first of all, I think I remember just hearing you go, ah! yeah. <laughs> which is the best type of laugh for me. Yeah. No one else laughing, one person going, ah! great. Um, but then um, when I was saying it, because I'm like, I have a stutter, so I have to think about what I'm going to say before it comes out a long way. So I'm always planning what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. which is why I look better at being improvised than I am. It's better planned, but I just, otherwise I stammer at my words. Mm. And when I was about to say it, I was like, the biggest problem in my brain was, do I choose Franco Baresi or Matthias Samak? <laughs> and you made the right choice. I did make the right choice. It was a better choice. It, it was, was, I feel, a more obvious choice. Um, yeah, uh, but what, what a what an elegant. But Matthias Sammer won European Footballer of the Year. Yeah, sweeper. Yeah, but what an elegant yet violent man. Oh yeah, like again, he's that thing of of any man that has to bring the ball out of defence and 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 switch it to the opposite flank, but also kill the person before they bear down on goal. I also the thing I like about Franco Baresi, if you look at a picture of him, is I imagine <laughs> right is I imagine. Um, that he, if he turned up for a casual day, yeah, he would definitely be wearing slacks. Yes, and there would be there would be Simon Cowell heights, yes. waist heights. Yes, do you know what I mean? All Not business just underneath the nipple. Yeah, um, he's the sort of person that always wears a collared shirt. Yeah. Like he's ne- he doesn't own it. Also team. has better hair now than he ever did when he was playing. Sort of that Antonio Conte vibe about him. Yeah. I'm not saying that he had hair plugs. But you'd believe it. Yeah. Because he's clearly a man of, of, of class and dignity, but would beat you up yeah. at the same time. Yeah. He's choice. my enforcer. All right, cool. We've got one last member of, of the group yeah. as a wrestler. So this is now our loose cannon. Yeah. Uh, this is the one where I'm worried that we might have the same one, but I don't know. I don't know. You, you're, you're a little bit... I don't know. Yeah. Let me go. I'll, I'll right. tell you mine. You go, you loose cannon. Go. My loose cannon is Brazilian. Oh, no, no. It is mine is South American, but not Brazilian. My loose cannon is Edmundo. <laughs> right, we mentioned winning 11 before. <laughs> I remember buying a, um, a Japanese. Uh, I never thought, well, it took over this podcast that we, we ever. Edmundo. Edmundo on. Okay. Or as the commentary used to say on uh, winning 11 on the <sighs> Nintendo 64, you say Edgimundo, <laughs> uh, which is not his name. Worst commentator thing. Also on a pro Evo was uh, it might have been Cl- who was it? Did it pre- Peter Jury or Clive Tilsey used to do pro Evo or was it Martin Tyler? It's probably one of the. They used to one year they would always call him Toti and not Totty, and it fucking infuriated me. So um, in Toti. one of the recent versions of FIFA, um, Leicester's league winning side had a player called Johan Benaloan, who's okay. a Tunisian defender who's now at Forest, I think. I mean, perfectly good player, just couldn't get in our team. Mm. Um, and it's either a year or two ago Fee- the, the commentary on FIFA the guy cannot say his name so he just goes ben- well, well, well. <laughs> honestly go back and play it and confirm my, my okay anyway so Edmundo yes right? Edmundo I love a player who ends up in the J League right <laughs> you I do because I love the J League you the do J League is fantastic wild as um, yeah. so Edmundo one of Brazil's finest ever strikers didn't play a lot outside Brazil that's unusual I hear you say yeah because he was fucking mental <laughs> That's why he was a fucking liability okay. and should not have been trusted to play outside of Brazil ever. Yeah. Um, so, a few little uh, greatest hits from his career. Uh, 39 caps for Brazil, 10 goals for Brazil, a World Cup winner for Brazil in 1994. Yeah. Um, sacked by Palmeiras when he was their best player for punching teammate. Quality. Brilliant. Loose cannon. Loose right? cannon. 
uh, sacked by Vasco da Gama in his second stint there for leaving the dressing room before a kickoff and just buggering off. Lose okay. Cannon. Um, when he was playing for Fiorentina mm. and in a great Fiorentina team where he played up front with Gabriel Battistuta and they were very, very close to winning the league. Yeah. Halfway through a season, he fucked off without any permission to go to the Rio Carnival. Oh, that's 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 peak Brazilian football of that. Um, <laughs> like Ronald, Ronaldinho had it in a contract, didn't he, that he could go to a carnival yeah. when he went back to was it Flamengo? I think Neymar has it for his sister's birthday as well. In his I mean, he's always conveniently injured on his birthday. Yeah. Um, so, like he left Fiorentina, but they like he missed a couple of games because he got that... suspended, and they they came second. They that was when they had the, the the Nintendo kit as well, like the belting yeah. kit, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember this because didn't because like Batistuta would have left not long after to go to Roma, yeah. and when they they would have won the league, bought the league probably. Edmundo's thing probably wasn't the reason they didn't win the league. Yeah, yeah. Batistuta got injured for the last three. Yeah, years. yeah. Um, in uh, 1999, yes, uh, he hired a circus to perform for his son in his back garden. He got a chimp called Pedrinho drunk on whiskey. Um, and also, and this is a serious point, I'm not like, he also, and this, this is like, if you look up the bad shit that Edmundo did, yeah. the circus incident, as it's called, yes. gets maybe 90% of the coverage. Fair. Um, another 5% of the coverage is the punching of teammates. Again, fair, yeah. Um, another 4% of coverage is the just fucking off a hot dressing room. Yeah, yeah. 1% of the coverage is the fact that he killed three people and drink driving. Oh my God. Right? Like, and what? Like, did he serve time for he that? Got, he was found guilty, but he didn't serve time for it. What? So, um, but he, he, one of the reasons he came to Europe was to try and escape that charge. Because that was in 94, I want to say. So, like, um, his nickname was The Animal. Unsurprisingly, because <laughs> also he played drums for the Muppets. Yeah. Um, but wow. yeah, Ed, Edmund. I didn't know the thing about the drink no. until today. But but Edmundo is like, I remember him, and he scored goals wherever he went. He scored yeah. like three hundred goals in his career. Um, it was a toss up between choosing him or Romario. Yeah. But Romario like was mental and then calmed down. Yeah, yeah. And then was consistent until he was 40. Yeah. Whereas Edmundo, who's now a TV pundit in Brazil, <laughs> um, uh, and fuck knows how that's going to go. You know what I mean? He's like, he's, but one of the loosest of loose counters he is. you can choose. I, I, before I give you mine, uh, honourable shout out to Patrice Loco. It was, who oh, was, I remember him. Former non. Uh, uh, also played for PSG. Uh, he played in a Cup Winners Cup final against... I want to say Celtic um, and that's when I discovered him and they were talking about him then as being like this wild man this loose cannon and stuff like that uh, later would go and on his name was Loco I know that's it's why it's perfect that's why it stuck with me I was like oh that's 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 just <coughs> it just writes itself um, the only PSG player that I have ever liked ever uh, oh, actually if I had a second uh, opportunity for a choice here it would have been Marco Bugas <sighs> uh, scored loads of goals in the Netherlands yeah Signed for West Ham for their record signing at the time. Yeah. Before they bought, I think they also broke their record with Florin Radicioia as well. Um, uh, went mad, lived in a caravan, had to retire. Brilliant. Loose cannon. Loose cannon. Okay. Right. My loose cannon, I have dubbed El Loco. Okay. Is it Patrice Loco? It is not. Okay. It's Fastino. Aspria. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a fucking wild one. Um, right, this is my blurb okay. slash bio. If you don't bring the porn up in this, I'm going to be really sad. No, there's no porn. Okay. But the, the, final, the final sentence slash line, 
I wrote specifically for you. Okay, cool. Um, so, Aspria. Okay. Unpredictable, but unquestionably talented. His love of a lavish lifestyle surpasses even that of David Ginola's. His initial inclusion in the group it was somewhat of a surprise, but rumours say that Aspria and Ginola bonded on a European excursion to Newcastle before both entering the ranks of the NWA. Nice. There's no doubt in El Loco's talent, but his temperament has been questioned... Uh, has been questioned in recent times by the business first Baracy. See, sowing the seeds, telling oh, stories. Right. Yeah, yeah. The explosive Colombian continues to wow crowds up and down the country, though, especially when executing his signature move, the space flying tiger drop. Nice. Because that is obviously in reference to his outlandish celebration. Remember when that was like a really big deal when someone did a bit of a flip when they uh, the one that always sticks Peter out. Bigri was the one I always just remember doing. The Lawalawa when Lawalawa injured himself doing the celebration and then was then banned from ever doing that celebration. I think the reason that Peter Bigri always used to stick out doing it for me was the fact that this was a man from Lancashire with a moustache doing it. Yes, which which to me feels much more impressive than yeah. you know someone from Colombia. So. so so the thing with Aspria is that there's... Do you know the story about his first game? Yes, because I can't remember who did it, but someone did a podcast on Aspria. I want to say it's potentially TIFO football, and it's the wildest thing, because it was obviously he came through Colombian football during the, the Escobar-Narcos ball mm. era of Colombian football, when all of a sudden... Colombian teams got really good and I'm not suggesting for one second that might have had anything to do with uh, it's the, it's the oh, what they call the Cali cartel mm. and all the, the narcos wars and stuff like that but weirdly they did get very good at football so, um, during that time one of the 90s football Twitter accounts that I follow tweeted uh, the assist on his debut so he uh, got an assist on his debut for Newcastle at the Riverside against Middlesbrough um, he uh, he had a glass of wine on the bus up because he didn't think he was playing. And then he came on as a substitute, did roughly 9,000 stepovers and yep. set up Alan Shearer. Um, and the best bit is, you don't see this as much now, is that it's such a good assist that people just flood to him. Yes. Like, like no one, Shearer doesn't bother celebrating. It's just like, no, it was him. That, that little lad did yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then he's done, he, he's, look up what Esprit has done since he's quit. Um, uh, he rides a horse a lot. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, he's got his own. I think he's got his own ranch. But he rides a horse a lot. Yeah. Um, he's still completely barking. Yeah. Um, uh, he. Um, I'm. I'm certain accidentally starting some pornography. Uh, yeah, there is. There is some story that that does involve. He's either an extra in it or he. Yeah, unwillingly was in pornography. <laughs> It's, he's just the most fascinating man. And as a child in the 90s, and like that, that Newcastle team of the 90s all the way through was... What were we, Aspria, Ginola, yeah. Carol G's. It was brilliant. Yeah, and it just it just felt dangerous. Like there yeah. was a, like an element. And of course they had the Newcastle Brown Ale sponsor. And they had the pink uh, and purple kit, which they was did. great. And they had Les Ferdinand was 50p head up front. It was great. <laughs> I, it was just, what what an era of football and, and mad men. Mad men in football. Right, so we've got our managers left. Right, my manager. Okay, who's going to hold this rabble together? 
there's only one person who can hold this disparate <coughs> rabble together because what you need in this situation, like yeah. the horsemen had JJ Dillon. They did. Who was arguably as mad as the rest of them. Yes. As violent as the rest of them. Yes. Bobby Heenan, one of the greatest managers of all time. Yeah. Also a fantastic wrestler. Took a, a unbelievable amounts of beatings during his career. Yeah. Um, so what we need is someone who is even more insane than the five mavericks I've put together. <laughs> okay. And that is a man who, from 1993, was out of a job, and that is Brian Clough. <laughs> Fucking hell. Brian was... Clough, Brian Clough, red wine in hand, corralling these lads together. And also, let's be honest, he's not afraid to mix it up. Ask that QPR fan he punched in the head when yeah. he went on the pitch. Yeah. Right. He'd be there, stood by the side of the ring, green jumper, blue joggers. Yeah. Always, always there, ready, ready to kick off when he needed it. Right, he could start every pro, every promo he does with young man. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, fucking brilliant. He'd probably have to have Peter Taylor with him as well. Oh, you should, but if he's manager, you need to call your group the Damned United. Maybe, maybe. Okay, <laughs> so Glove is your manager. That's Gloff's actually manager. amazing. I can't I get that. Bear in mind, right? I am a Leicester supporter. Yeah. I hate Nottingham Forest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also hate Derby County. He's yeah. managed both of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as, as a human being, you hate Leeds United. He's managed them as well. Yeah. So. Um, but I, I, I remember being a kid and thinking, the, one of the re- main reasons we'd never be better than Forest was because of Brian Clough. Yeah. So, <coughs> what a maverick. Mm. Um, okay, my manager is... It might be a surprising choice. All right. Okay, so my manager... Is Arsene Wenger? Oh, it's a surprising choice. Okay, let me let me let me paint, set the scene, right, paint right. the picture for all you. Right, all right. Yeah. Originally brought into the territory as Jeunesse translator. Nice. Uh, the gaunt and somewhat haunting Frenchman is now a constant presence on the sidelines of all the group's matches. Wenger has been praised for his nutrition advice, which has kept his faction in tip-top shape, as well as being referred to as the master tactician by the faction's members. Though the NWA fans would undoubtedly add that he certainly has no problem with his wrestlers pushing the rules to the limit and beyond. Now this is this is my favourite bit of this, and I'm very happy I wrote this. At TV tapings, the crowd have taken to wearing and waving spectacles at Arson, given his bad habit of missing key, often less than moral yeah. moments in matches. Nice. I mean, it feels like we've come full circle. So, so when we when we did Takeover in Blackpool, yeah. And the crowd chanted VAR. Yeah. I was in a strange position of having to explain to my bosses. There <laughs> um, we go. Well, it, one of my main jobs when in the in Gorilla during NXT tapings yeah. is people go, is my bosses going, what are they chanting? And me go, just listening for a second and telling them. Mm. And nearly all the time I can get, get what it is. But I was like, they're chanting VAR. So they're like, what does that mean? I was like, explain the VAR thing to them. And they were like, oh, okay. It's quite funny then. I'm like, yeah, of course the chants are funny. British wrestling fans. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, but it feels like you've come full circle with that there. Yeah. You know, fans, fans mocking someone for not being able to watch and now fans will go the other way and say, you yeah. know, actually there should never be any cheating ever again because this is being filmed and surely you can watch it. Because he's offside by... A, a fringe. Took a lot of the joy out of it, innit? Although I will admit, I will cheerfully admit look, to Leicester being third in the Premier look, League thanks to VAR. Look, I will. I like to point out as as and this is going to come across as very hipster as someone that often watches, for instance, the Bundesliga, even Serie A, or even well, maybe not Liga, because the officiating in Liga is appalling and all this has been. The Bundesliga, 
have actually got VAR down to a T because shockingly the Germans are very efficient, efficient. And, and absolutely no nonsense about this thing. Uh, and if they can't make a decision within 30 seconds to a minute, they're like, fuck it, I'm in charge. Whereas in England, we've now got to listen John, Jonathan Pierce react like a member of his family's just died because someone's been ruled offside. I think it takes a lot of the joy out of it. So, like, when... Could you imagine, though, if, like, wrestling commentary was similar to football commentary in that that I would just lose my mind and continuously moan because someone won with a low blow and a roll-up? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, cool. Well, (laughs) well, I'm going to bring it in. So, um, (laughs) like, when... um, when Leicester beat Everton this season, yeah, and Ian Acho scored six minutes into injury time in a game that we did not deserve to get anything out of, yeah, um, and we won two one, um, and but he scored and kind of the linesman kind of had his flag up. So yeah, I like, guess, yeah. Can I celebrate? But I don't know. And then there was two minutes of us just yeah. sitting there going, "Well, I mean, come on." Uh, I, I'm, you know, when we play Wolves tomorrow night, I desperately hope there's so, lots of VAR. You know? my, my only, my only trade off I want is obviously they've, they've, they've clamped down on celebrations and, and taking your shirt off and stuff like that. I will allow VAR uh, to, to to take two minutes if football teams are allowed elaborate former NFL celebrations. <coughs> you know, when like you know um, they would get a mobile phone out and stuff and do mad shit for like two minutes to keep us entertained yeah. so when they're making a decision I want like a full dance routine or and then the goal gets disallowed yeah because that'd be and even funnier like absolute plan yeah yeah exactly. I'm down with that but there's nothing better uh, my, my favourite things about away games whole home stadium goes nuts thinking their team scored and they don't see a linesman's flag. yeah like that is oh it's the it's joy beautiful. of that it's the equivalent the of jo- it. and it's the only place you make this noise ah I was going to say, it's the equivalent of someone dropping any form of cutlery in a restaurant or a public place. And British people are going, Yay! Because we are the worst. Um, all right, okay, so refresher. My group is called The Formation. My star is La Playboy, Savage Ginola. My tag team is the lovable Liverbirds, Stigging Bjornaby and Jan Molby. Uh, and then my enforcer is the sweeper, Franco Baresi. My loose cannon is El Loco, Tino Aspria. And my manager holding it all together, for the most part, is Arsene Wenger. Uh, so my team is... Uh... Uh, the star is Lothar Mateus. Uh the enforcer is Ulrich van Hobbel <laughs> you've got a horrible faction yep. uh, the loose cannon is Edmundo uh, and the tag team is Ivan Zamorano and Marcello Salas the Santiago the strikers, strikers. Uh, managed uh, managed in a blunt no nonsense lump it up to the big lad up front way by Brian Clough amazing um, uh, and uh, I think the Damned United is a better name yeah, so okay. I'm going with that alright cool so uh, this is where we pass it over to you lovely lot uh, so let us know who would win in a war games match between our two factions um, if you want to give me a whole description of the match you know I'll, I'll uh, give it if you want to give it star ratings do it um let us know who will win in our faction warfare and also i'm going to open up the opportunity for you guys to submit your uh five people faction so i need a star i need a i need an enforcer i need a loose cannon and i need a tag team bonus for managers if you're not a football fan and you've made it this far you deserve a bloody medal uh or if you don't know we'll be handing medals out yes uh outside his house or if you don't want to choose 90s footballers 
you can pick prominent 90s famous slash stars of the 90s. So they could be singers, they could be children's entertainers, probably not that, uh, or anything <laughs> else. Uh, what, what else was popular in the 90s? I don't know, snooker, uh, something of the ilk. Uh, just let me know who your five people faction is. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to that. Um, nice one for coming on to your old podcast. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks it- for not setting it on fire. Yet. Not yet. yet. Still time. Uh, yes, so I have got um, uh, an episode coming up again next week. Um, hopefully, we're going to get some more guests on. Hopefully, we're going to do some more like long-term projects, uh, a la the, the, the Best Matches series thing that I did. And also, I'm still toying with the idea of doing like a monthly, maybe two-monthly Q&A thing, because people actually really like that episode, which I was I actually... I loads of them. They always get loads of interest. I, which I'm really shocked, because my opinion is worth nothing. It's worth less than the pound in Europe current reference all right uh that's it we're gonna go off and go and play fifa uh thank you for listening and i'll see you next week on tuesday night jaw bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.